Father God, thank you so much uh, that you surround us in the power of your Holy Spirit, that you are here with us. And I pray, Father God, that you would guide me in the things that I say and do, because I want to bring glory and honor to Jesus. I don't want to call attention to myself. I want all the focus to be on Jesus, and I want the things that I share to be from your heart to your people, not from my heart to your people. Um, And so, Lord, I just pray that you guide me uh, during this time, especially the prophetic things uh, that I'm going to share, um, and just help me communicate well and clearly. And we love you and praise you, and we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. As usual, I've got some notes that I've prepared just to talk to uh, a little bit. Um, And I want to begin by setting a bit of a stage here, I think, that's very important for us, especially in terms of all the the lockdown, the lockdowns that have happened, and the closure of churches, uh, and a lot of people are, you know, been shaking their fists about that. I'm not happy about it at all. I don't think that there was a good reason um, medically to have the lockdowns this time. Uh, I do take uh, account of what Theresa May said uh, in Parliament when she said that this is a bit of an open doorway for the, ch- for the, the state to start oppressing the church and trying to control the church. I agree with those observations. Uh, one of the things important to remember, the difference between the U.S. and the U.K., in the U.S., uh, the protection of freedom of religion is guaranteed by our written constitution. Uh, The UK doesn't have a written constitution in the same way as the US does. Uh, And that changes the nature of the discussion in the US because in the US, it is illegal, according to our constitution, to infringe on the rights of Christians to practice their religion, which includes gathering together. And so, All of these lockdowns happening in the U.S., ultimately, they can only really be voluntary uh, because of the Constitution. But here in the U.K., it's it's different. It's a different kind of law. It's a different kind of ruling. So always be aware of that when you're reading things from the states and what people in the states are saying, because it's a different political, governmental, legal context uh, than here in the U.K. Uh, But that said... I think we need to know that we are rapidly approaching the moment where indifference toward Jesus will be eliminated. Uh, Mike Bickle at the International House of Prayer, his definition of revival is the elimination of apathy or indifference about Jesus. And that's coming. Uh, We need to understand this as a church, as God's people, Uh, And that means that there will be some people who embrace Christ and they love Christians, and they may not be Christians but themselves, but they will love Christians. I I think um, uh, Rabbi Sachs that just passed away was one of those guys, you know, who who, he was Jewish uh, through and through, uh, but he honored Christians. uh, And that's why so many people in in the church got along with him. uh, And... uh, You know, so, uh, so there's going to be friends of, of the church, friends of Christ, but there are actually going to be people who hate Jesus, and that hatred is going to increase, uh, and that hatred is going to come through in government, 
we're already seeing tinges of it. Uh, and make no mistake about it, Boris Johnson, uh, I do not believe by his own testimony, is probably a Christian. Yeah, so you look at Parliament, and there are a lot of people in government uh, who are not believers in Jesus, and we are going to see more and more open hostility. I mean, you think about the, um, uh, the extension of the congestion charge uh, to seven days a week so that it covers Sundays. That is an anti-Christian thing to do. Make no mistake about it. Uh, that is anti-Christian. Um, it's also probably anti-Muslim too, I mean, because it, it puts them out of their mosques and things like that. But, uh, but this indifference is being eliminated, uh, and I think it is pointless for us to try to resist this inevitability. Uh, it's actually a waste of time. Now, that doesn't mean that people shouldn't um, take legal action against the government about the lockdown. I fully support those church leaders uh, and those religious leaders who have stood up and, and are trying to challenge the government in the courts uh, about what they've done by locking down churches and mosques and, and synagogues and other places of worship. I fully support that. I think as Christians, we should use every means at our disposal legally to protect our rights in society. But having said that, uh, we cannot resist this hospi uh, hostility. Uh, it's, I mean, we can resist it, but we're not going to change it. It's going to be inevitable. Uh, and so as Christians, we need to be actively considering how to be the church in the midst of this. How do we become church that survives effectively in the midst of a, an ever-increasingly hostile society? And from that, we can learn a lot from churches like the church in China uh, and the like uh, about how to do that. But we need to be considering that. Uh, and it's important we need to do this without fear and without worry. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be worried about it. Jesus told us it's going to happen, so we should expect it. Don't be afraid of it. Don't worry about it because Psalm 2. If you haven't read Psalm 2 recently, look it up, read it. The Lord laughs at the wicked. Uh, so, you know, read Psalm 2 especially, very, very important psalm uh, unfolding in this hour. So that's kind of a, a one overall comment. Now let's go on to the election. Um, you know, the way that things have unfolded since the first Tuesday of November um, has really led me to review what I said about Trump uh, back in September. And uh, you might recall, if you, if you look it up, it's still online. I, you know, I haven't taken it down. Uh, if you look up what I said, I said I was, I was making a statement with great fear and trepidation, uh, a good deal of hesitancy, uh, and I didn't say the Lord said that Trump is going to win. I said my sense was uh, that Trump could win this thing, that Trump, might, that Trump would win, uh, or at least that he could win uh, on this. Uh, and I, I want to go back to uh, an excerpt from my notes. Uh, 
so I can quote uh, what I wrote in my notes for that day. Uh, this is what I said. I sense that Trump is going to win the election in November. Now, clearly, <clears throat> my sense was wrong. But as you call, I gave it very tentatively. Uh, and I reflected on this and, you know, why? Uh, you know, what happened there? Well, I think I didn't accurately interpret what I was sensing. Um, the fact that Trump won the second largest number of popular votes in American presidential election history. The only person to win more popular votes than Donald Trump in history was Joe Biden. Now remember that against the backdrop of everybody that says that Trump was going to be trounced, that Trump was going to lose outright. I mean, all, all the media was saying it. The polls were saying that Biden was going to sweep this election, uh, that uh, everybody was turning against Trump, uh, that, that people were not going to support Trump, that people didn't like Trump. And here you have, you know, 71 million people, more than the total population of the United Kingdom, voted for Trump. I mean, that's, that's a lot of votes for Donald Trump. Uh, so I think that that outcome really reflected what I was sensing. But the problem was at the time, I just didn't have the clarity which is why I said it tentatively. Uh, and frankly, I didn't have the perceptual framework for what happened. Um, you know, there, there was nothing, I mean, nothing like this has ever happened uh, before. Uh, and so I just wasn't thinking about something like this uh, happening in the United States. Um, now, I'm being very careful here because until the 14th of December, um, Joe Biden will not be certified as the winter winner of the election. Uh, so there's still a couple of weeks where a lot of things could happen, um, and there are possibilities that things could be overturned. But frankly, it's looking more and more unlikely. Um, we have a, a saying that I grew up with in the, in the United States. Um, it, 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 it was, uh, it's not over until the fat lady sings. Uh, and that's a reference to opera uh, and the fact, you know, that, you know, some, some opera singers, not all, were heavy set. Um, and, uh, and, and that was the indicator, you know, that the opera was almost over, this very long thing. Uh, and, you know, and I think that that lady is singing now. Um, but it's not quite over. The song's still going on. Uh, something could still happen. But uh, once Georgia and Pennsylvania and Michigan were certified formally this week uh, for Joe Biden, it seems highly unlikely that things will turn around uh, and Donald Trump would be able to, to win this election. I go on to say, well, <clears throat> I also said, uh, quoting again, he will do great damage to the United States. Uh, and that's been true. Uh, it is true. But Please understand, he's also done great good. Uh, and the thing is, most people don't recognize the good he's done, <clears throat> but he has been doing some great good as well uh, in the U.S. Sorry, a little uh, stuff in my throat.
But I do not want to uh, undervalue the good that he's done. And frankly, the fact that he, he nominated three Supreme Court judges, um, that is a lasting change that could have uh, impact in the United States for three or four decades. So it's massive. It's really, really massive. And it's another thing that we don't quite understand here in the UK. And now I want to quote the rest of what I said here. God is showing his people the foolishness of linking themselves with political parties and with politics. God's people cannot use unrighteous politics to achieve righteous ends. God's people have ignored his word and surrendered themselves to pragmatism in the hopes of bringing God's kingdom through worldly means. In doing so, the church contaminates the world rather than seasoning it by salt, and the world contaminates the church. What we are witnessing is the unraveling of the United States because of self-centeredness and greed, primarily in the churches. People have rejected community in favor of self and are destroying their way of life in the process. God's church lies broken and her leaders do a song and dance for change, second-rate entertainers and crowd-pleasers. But even in all this, God's church is still alive and the U.S. will remain as a witness to the nations. Now that's most of what I said and I continue to believe that that's accurate. Um, and we're seeing it a lot. Uh, this, this whole thing, God is exposing this weakness in the church uh, to sell itself out for pragmatism. Uh, and God doesn't want a people who sell themselves. Uh, that's why Israel went into exile. Uh, this is a serious issue, and we need to take it seriously ourselves. Um, and quite frankly, I was always quite uncomfortable with all the church leaders who were openly prophesying a Trump victory in this election. Um, and I remain uncomfortable with those who prophesy, such, who prophesy such things, who simply try to squirm out of what they prophesy by creating a scenario in which God is not truly sovereign. So keep your ears open to this. Keep your ears open to this to see if people who absolutely prophesied, now I didn't prophesy this, I said this was my sense, remember. But there are a lot of people who are saying, I prophesy Donald Trump's going to win that election. I prophesy that Donald Trump's going to have two terms. There are a lot of people saying this, and watch out for people who then say, oh, well, uh, I wasn't really wrong, you know, that uh, the Biden camp used underhanded means or Satan got the best of us or the church wasn't praying hard enough. Uh, and frankly, that undermines the sovereignty of God. Uh, and so if God had determined that Trump was going to win this election, still, if God wants Trump to win this election, there's a couple more weeks. Trump could win this election. Um, and it, it is not acceptable to prophesy something and be wrong and then say anything else than, I was wrong. And so, you know, it's just like I said, I got it wrong. My sense was wrong. Uh, I told you why I thought I got it wrong, but it was wrong. Uh, and so watch out for that. Um, like I said, I, I think enough states now have certified that Biden uh, uh, has won. 
uh, for me to assume now that he is going to go on to be the next president. But, you know, I wouldn't complain if that changed. I wouldn't complain that that changed. Um, I think there are three words that should make every Christian wish that Trump had been elected. Abortion, Christianity, and Israel. You know, Trump saved babies. Trump supported the church. And Trump was working to make peace in the Middle East. I mean, it's extraordinary what was happening there. These Arab nations signing peace treaties with Israel. Uh, it was so much, I, I started to kid one of my friends in the States and say, well, maybe Trump's the Antichrist. Uh, because the Antichrist is going to have this big peace treaty of all the Arab nations with Israel. Uh, and I thought, well, if they start rebuilding the temple, uh, get ready, we're in the tribulation. Uh, so, anyway. Uh, so, you know, I, I am sad <clears throat> that he wasn't elected, although I never liked his attitudes um, and all the baggage that came with him. I thought it was distinctly non-Christian. And I don't know that enough Christians really called him on that. But let me reflect a little bit on Biden and Harris. Um, And and I want to share a little bit what I wrote in my journal uh, a few days ago. Uh, Frankly, when I see Biden and Harris, there's a part of me that feels relieved because he seems very presidential. He seems more soft-spoken. He's more like your kind grandpa, because uh, he is the age of a grandpa. Uh, I don't think my grandparents actually lived that long. Uh, my, maybe my grandmother did. but uh, uh, So anyway, uh, he's got a reputation for humility. Uh, he's soft-spoken. Uh, And frankly, I I hear him say some very pleasing things about uniting the country. But watch out. All the actions he is taking are talking about, taking, are divisive. They're playing to his audience. He has done nothing yet to try to unify the United States. Every decision that he's making, the things that he's doing will perpetuate the division. They will not heal the division. And so, you know, uh, and, I, and I'm not saying, I won't say a thing about him. I don't know his faith. I don't know him personally. I pray for him. I bless him. I bless Kamala Harris. I pray for them both. I pray that, that they are good leaders uh, in the United States. So there's, there's no animosity here. There's no hatred here anything like that. But I'm reminded what Paul said. He said, you know, even Satan masquerades as the angel of light. And, he, and I'm not saying Biden is Satan. You know, don't hear me say that. He's not the Antichrist. Um, for all intents and purposes, he seems to be a Catholic. He seems to be practicing his faith. You know, uh, good on him for that. Um, but, uh, but the actions he's taking are not actions that are going to heal the nation. Uh, and notice he, he said things like, it's not over until every vote is counted. You might remember him saying that. Uh, and then he started claiming victory before every vote was counted. So you got to watch that. You got to watch these kinds of things. Um, I also see all the gloating that's happened uh, of the media around Biden. 
uh, and the gloating against Trump, you know, how they were cutting into Trump and things like that. And frankly, that's demonic. There's a demonic dynamic that's happening in the media <clears throat> and its support uh, for what's for Biden and, and, its, and its disrespect toward Trump. It, there's a glee in kicking a man while he's down. And that's demonic. It's ungodly. Uh, and be watching out for that. Now, when I look at Biden and Harris together, uh, this scripture kept coming to my mind. And it's from 2 Kings chapter 8, 10 to 12. It's Elisha when he goes to uh, anoint Hazael as king of Syria. Uh, Elisha said to him, Hazael, go, uh, go say to him, your master, the king in, his, uh, in Syria at the time, uh, you shall certainly recover, but the Lord has shown me that he shall certainly die. And Elisha fixed his gaze and stared at Hazael until he was embarrassed. And the man of God wept. And Hazael said, why does my Lord weep? And Elisha answered, because I know the evil that you will do to the people of Israel you will set on fire their fortresses and you will kill their young men with the sword and dash in pieces their little ones and rip open their pregnant woman. Uh, now, I'm not saying that they're going to do that to Israel. Uh, please understand. But every time I see them, something inside of me wants to weep. Something inside of me wants to weep. And I think it is because they will do great damage to the cause of Christ, uh, even in the name of Christ. Uh, it could even be that there's an antichrist spirit operating, although he is not the antichrist. Please, uh, we need to pray for him and bless him in the name of Jesus. So they do. Uh, from the day after the election, uh, I've, I, I continually have a sense of God saying, watch and see, and that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, so we just need to keep our eyes open there. Um, so uh, didn't get a chance to go into too much more. Uh, I want to, uh, no, I'll save this for next week. Uh, next week, I'm going to take some time and give you a procedure that you need to start using whenever you look at things on the internet. Um, I am seeing too many Christians pass on things online that are not really biblical. And we need to start being careful. Uh, we need to start being more discerning. Uh, and I'm going to give you, probably I might even give you two processes next week about how to discern because it is so important that you do. Uh, and we need to make sure that we are communicating truth and being careful with things that may not be true. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you about that uh, next week. So anyway, I, I didn't have time for questions. I might try to take some time for questions next week as well. If we don't get it to next week, then I'll do questions in a couple of weeks. Uh, so write your questions down. But I, I did want to give you just a, a sense of what I was having, uh, uh, some senses I was having around the U.S. election.